Well, we're in a series called Fearless, and uh, remember the goal of the series is to uh, look at folks who have just uh, displayed some fearless faith in life. They've just continued to just, you know, hang in there when they've been facing tough times, trusting God more than anything, and just a great witness to us, and then to see what those principles are and try to apply those uh, into our life. So today, it's about three guys uh, in a fiery furnace. It comes out of Daniel 3. So if you've got your Bibles, Daniel 3 is the place to be, uh, and... Uh, you didn't bring your Bible this morning? That's fine. Just grab that, that uh, sheet, that message sheet that's in the handout this morning. Grab that and pull it out. And uh, one of the disclaimers I need to give you is there's so much good stuff in, the, in this text today that, uh, you know what, I'm probably not going to get through it all, but that's why we give you the sheet. So you can take it home. You can make a part of your weekly devotions. You can discern it uh, and uh, grow from it, even though we don't always get to all of it. All right? So take that home. Well, let's start out with our theme verse for the whole series. Just get ourselves in the right spirit, the right frame of mind and heart here. It comes from 2 Timothy 1. You ready to say it with me? Here we go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Fearless faith. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, In Daniel 3, the experience is about um, not only the three guys, but about a king named Nebuchadnezzar. So if you go to Daniel 3... You'll see that there's this king named Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar has already conquered Judah. And he is the Babylonian king, and what the Babylonians did, whenever they would conquer another country, uh, they would, you know, not only go in there and establish their own rule, but when they went in there, they would look over the whole population, and they would take the brightest and the best of the population. So they went into Judah, they, they conquered the king of uh, Judah, and uh, looked around, and they just snatched up uh, the brightest, the best, the most talented people they could find in Judah, and they exported them back to Babylon. That's what they did every time they took over a country. They exported them back to Babylon. And the goal, the goal was to integrate them into the culture of Babylon. Well, it was to make them good old Babylonians, right? Just to integrate them back in, to take advantage of their knowledge, to take advantage of their talents and skills, and in the process, to integrate them into the life of Babylon so that you would look at them and you wouldn't see somebody who used to be an Israelite, but you would see somebody who was a Babylonian, okay? That was the goal. Nebuchadnezzar has been in the process of doing this now with God's people, and apparently he decides it's time for a pop quiz. You guys remember pop quizzes? Yeah, I see the frowns on a few faces going, oh yeah, remember those, right? Yeah, pop quizzes. Never really liked those much, right? Well, Nebuchadnezzar comes up with his own kind of test, his own kind of pop quiz, right? And it starts out in, uh, in the third chapter. It says, Nebuchadnezzar uh, made a statue that was covered with gold. It was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And he set it up on the flatlands of Dura near the city of Babylon. This was one big honking statue, okay? 90 feet tall and uh, 9 feet wide. To give you a sense, I just did an image search and uh, came up with a statue of Sam Houston that's down in Texas. Doesn't quite measure up. It's uh, 67 feet, the statue is. The base is another 10 feet for a total of 77 feet. So if my math is right, this thing is 13 feet short of the one that uh, Nebuchadnezzar built. But you see this guy right here? You see how big that statue is in comparison to him? I mean, the reality is for us that often when tests 
come into our life. And we're all going to experience those. We'll discover it. When tests come into our life, it's like when the teacher was giving us that pop quiz. I mean, she said, okay, time for a pop quiz. And the whole class, what? Groaned. Oh, I can't believe we got a quiz. Right? So often, difficulties, tests to our faith come into our life. And our reaction is to receive them as negative. To receive them and say, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Why? How could this possibly happen to me? How could this possibly be the case for my life? And to receive them only as these negative experiences. When what we learn today, one of the things we learn today, in the experience of three, these three guys in a fiery furnace, the test became an opportunity. The test became an opportunity. It looked overwhelming, the test, just like a giant statue. It looked overwhelming. And by the way, remember, what was Nebuchadnezzar's statue covered in? Gold. Anybody check the price of gold yesterday? Yeah, it's over 1300 bucks an ounce. This was like one valuable statue. <laughs> and yet the experience we're going to see today is the value wasn't in the statue. The value was in the experience that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through. You see, the test is not always so bad. In fact, it's an opportunity that could be valuable to the formation of your faith for something in the future that God has prepared for you. You get that? It's an amazing thing. Here's how this, the test went for, uh, for Nebuchadnezzar. It says, The king sent for all the royal rulers, the isle officials, the governors. He got the advisors, treasurers, judges, every, all the court officials. He sent for them all to come to Babylon, and they asked them to gather and to honor the statue that he had set up. So they stood in front of it, and the messenger called out, Listen, people who come from every nation, pay attention who speak all these other languages. Here's what the king commands you to do. As soon as you hear the band play, okay, as soon as the band kicks it up, when you do, you must fall down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Now notice verse 6. If you don't, You'll be thrown into a blazing furnace right away. Now, I don't want to underestimate this morning that tests can be really hard. Tests of our faith can be really difficult. But they can still be opportunities. These guys were facing a test. And the outcome was pretty stark and difficult. Either you fall down and worship the God or become a pile of ashes. Pretty tough. <laughs> Simple, straightforward. I mean, the reality for us, we know we're going to face tests in our life. We know, especially as God's people, we're going to come up against it. The question is, when the test comes, how do we receive it? Do we receive it like we did that pop quiz? Or do we see the value it can bring to our life and to our faith? Even though it's really tough. Even though it's really tough. As we get into it and we get into the tests, we'll all discover that tests in and of themselves, not only are they not easy, but around the test, there's all kinds of other challenges. And in fact, around the test, there are challengers. 
right? There's voices that enter into the experience when we're having a test. And those voices, voices will often try to distract us from staying on target to the value of our faith. Here's what it looked like for uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the, and the gold statue. It says, At that time, some people who studied the heavens came forward. They spoke against the Jews. But you have appointed some Jews to help Daniel govern Babylon and the towns around it. Their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They don't pay any attention to you, King Nebuchadnezzar. They don't serve your gods. And they refuse to worship the gold statue you have set up. Isn't this an amazing experience? Did you notice what these guys are supposed to be doing on their day job? Where are they supposed to be looking? Into the heavens, right? So they're supposed to be guys, astrology, they're supposed to be looking into the heavens. And yet, even though their day job is looking into the heavens, what do they manage to do? Out of all of the population of Babylon who have gathered, who are supposed to fall down and worship the golden statue, out of all of the population of all that, these guys who are supposed to have their eyes in the heavens happen to notice three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Really? How amazing is that? But that's the way it is. When challenges come, when tests come into our life, they're going to really stretch and challenge our faith. There's always going to be voices that gather around it. And those voices are already going to, they're going to be accusatory, and they're going to try to make the test even more difficult for us, and they're going to try to get us to a place of compromise. So you're having trouble in your marriage, and you're in a really tough test, and it's a really difficult place. And your faith says, listen, my spouse and I, we just need to surrender ourselves to Christ. We just need to give our marriage to Christ. And we just absolutely believe that he can get it back in the right place. And he can give us a marriage that we couldn't achieve on our own. But a challenger is going to come along. A challenger is going to come along. And the challenger is going to come up alongside you and say, yeah, that spouse of yours, you know, they really are really bad people. I mean, they treat you really poorly. You just don't deserve to be treated that way. You know what I'm talking about? See, that's challenging voices that come into the middle of the challenge and want to draw you away from fulfilling the faith test. Challenging voices. Even though, you know, they just appear like these guys. They always come into the experience and they challenge our ability to stay on track in our faith. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, heard about it. He was upset about it, brought the boys in, and said, uh, don't you serve my gods? Don't you worship the gold statue that I set up? The don't use, right? And so now they're in front of the king, and he's challenging them in being one of those voices uh, as well. What's the next step? You get the tough test. You get challenging voices into it. And on top of it all, there is always the temptation to compromise your faith and to find a reason to do it. So for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Nebuchadnezzar king says, look, giving you a second shot, giving you a chance to do the right thing here. So when you hear the band play, fall down, worship the statue I made, everything's going to be forgiven, everything will be very good. But if you won't, you'll be thrown into the blazing furnace, then what God will be able to save you by their powerful hand? What's going on? He's offering them compromise, isn't he? Now think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that moment. 
They've already had challenging voices telling them, hey, listen, you can just... What's the big deal? It's just a gold statue. You know it's fake anyway. In fact, in their own minds, they could come up with a fairly reasonable argument, couldn't they? They they could come up with an argument and say, yeah, you know, the statue really is just a hunk of gold. And, uh, you know, if it's one time, I could fall down and worship it, get it past me, and besides, if I don't, I'm a pile of ashes. And what good am I going to be to God as a pile of ashes? I mean, wouldn't it be better if I just compromise a little bit on this one and go ahead and cross my fingers and do the, do the worship thing, but then when it's over, I mean, man, I could really serve the Lord great, you know? I mean, wouldn't it be better if I just served the Lord and, you know, kind of compromise a little bit? And you see the reason? You see the rationale? I mean, it's kind of sense, doesn't it? I mean, when we're in tests, that's what happens. We start getting these reasons to compromise in our faith. Tests are difficult. But tests are opportunities. They're opportunities for us to understand how incredible our God is. And that's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lead us this morning. Okay, Beyond all our reason, beyond all the challenging voices, beyond the difficulty of the situation, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say these words. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to talk about this anymore. We might be thrown into the blazing furnace, but the God we serve is able to bring us out of it alive. He will save us from your powerful hand. Did you notice what I highlighted there for you? Isn't that an incredible statement? That's just incredibly awesome. What's going on here? They're saying, look, King, we don't need to talk about this. I mean, you can come up with all kinds of reasons, challengers. You can come up with all kinds of voices. I mean, the situation can get even tougher. It doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about this anymore. What's going on? They have predetermined faith. Right? They got predetermined faith. I mean, they're in such a place in their faith that they say, listen, you can talk about it for days and days and days. It doesn't matter. You can come up with all kinds of reasons and rationales. You can offer us all kinds of compromises. You can do whatever you want to do. Look, we don't need to talk about this anymore. Their faith is predetermined. And their predetermined faith allows them to face the test. Now, how do they get predetermined faith? Well, in the midst of the experience, while Nebuchadnezzar is trying to turn them into Babylonians, they understand they're not Babylonians. They understand they are the people of God. They understand they belong to God. They understand the God of Jacob and Isaac and Abraham. They understand. And their faith is already prepared. They have predetermined faith. Why is this important? Here's the deal. We all know, all of us in the room know, we're going to have faith tests. Amen? We're going to have faith tests. The question is, can we receive them as opportunities to show our predetermined faith? Ultimately, the question, do you have predetermined faith? So you can't wait for the test. I mean, if you know we're all going to face tests, 
If you know we're all going to have challengers, if you know there's always going to be the possibility of compromise and reason in another direction beyond our faith, if you know all those things exist, you can't wait on your faith. You can't take a pill for faith in the middle of the challenge. It's got to be predetermined faith. That's why we're on you all the time around here saying, get in a small group, get in a Bible study, get in a ministry, get involved with other Christians, bring people around you, grow your faith. Why? Because we know you're going to face a challenge. We know there's always going to be voices of challengers. And we know compromise is really easy. And we know predetermined faith is the opportunity to not only get through the experience and the tests, but to make a witness in the middle of it. Now, look at the next thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say. This is the most awesome part of the whole text. You ready? I'm going to give you a different translation because it's clearer. In their predetermined faith, they've said, listen, we don't even talk about this anymore. Here's their next statement. But even if he doesn't, so even if God doesn't save him, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. That is awesome. You know what they just said? We don't care. We don't care if we become a pile of dust. We will never serve your gods because we know our God. You see, there's a huge difference going on right in this moment, right? What is it? Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they know God. They don't just know about God. They know God. They've lived in a predetermined faith relationship, and they know who God is. And they can say, listen, our God will rescue us. Our God has the strength to do that. Our God has the power to do that. He can, if he chooses, he can rescue us. And you know what? Even if he doesn't, it doesn't change our faith. Even if I go in for the test and it comes out badly for me, I still know my God is greater. Even if I go in for the surgery and they totally mess it up and everything gets mucked up, I still know my God is greater. Even if my marriage falls apart, I still know my God is greater. Even if my world turns upside down, it doesn't matter why. I know my God is greater because I know my God. Isn't that awesome? It's also a challenge. You see, the challenge for us is not only do you have predetermined faith, but you have a predetermined faith that really knows God. That really knows God. Parents, here's an even deeper question. Not just you. Do your kids... Do your kids have predetermined faith? I mean, that's why we're telling you, get them into jump, get them into kids camp, get them into our youth program, get them here on Sunday night. Even if they don't want to come, you drop them off. Why? Because they are going to face tests and it's going to be tough and there's going to be voices and there's going to be compromise right there at hand. And they've got to have predetermined faith and they've got to be able to say, listen, I may not fit in, but I'm going to stand for God. Because I know my God, and my God is greater. See, Meshach and Abednego and Shadrach could stand in the front of the king and say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens, king. My God is greater. Isn't that awesome? 
Now, you'd think, wow, that's it. Cool. Fantastic. No, the next step, right? The challenge for them is Nebuchadnezzar doesn't take that news so good. So he says, listen, stoke up the furnace. In fact, get that furnace hotter than it's ever been before. I want the furnace seven times hotter than usual for these guys. So they stoke it up. They throw them into the fiery furnace, and notice they're wearing robes, pants, turbans, and other clothes. They don't even give them a break to strip them down, right? They load them up with clothes. Seven times hotter, throwing them in clothes and all. The furnace is so hot, the text says, the guys that threw them in, the strongest guys Nebuchadnezzar get, they die because the furnace is so hot. You ever roast marshmallows and get your knuckles too close? You think that's hot? These guys were throwing them in, and they died. It was so hot. And yet, when they went into the furnace, their faith went in with them. And God accomplished the right rescue for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that's where our faith is. Our faith says, in the middle of the test, we know who our God is. And we know whatever God does is the right thing. It it may not be what we want. It it may not be what we're even praying for. But we know our God. And our God will always do the right thing. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they go into the fire. King Nebuchadnezzar looks in the fire and says, Whoa, whoa, wait wait a minute. Didn't we throw three guys in there? How come I see four guys in there? I thought we only threw three guys in there. Oh, there's a fourth guy in there, King. Who's the fourth guy in there? Well, there's a fourth man who looks like the Son of God. You see, whatever test we have, there's a fourth guy in the furnace. In our predetermined faith, we know there's a fourth guy in the furnace. That whatever we're going through, there's a fourth guy walking right there with us. And he's strong enough and capable enough, and he will get us through it. He could get through the most anguishing experience of being beaten, spit upon, and nailed to a cross. And three days later, rise to life. If he can do that, he can walk with us through any test. Because that's where God is. That's what our faith says. There's a fourth guy in the furnace. The king approaches the opening of the blazing furnace. He shouts, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come on out, guys. You who serve the Most High God, come here. So they came out of the fire. Isn't this amazing? By the end of the story, the king, the guy who was trying to make them into Babylonians, right, to serve his God, is now the one saying, wow, your God is greater than any other God. That's the opportunity. Where is the value? The gold was not in the statue. The value, the real value, was in a king who could come to a place and understand how incredible Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God is. There's the witness. By the end of the story, they bring them out. They aren't burnt. The hair on their head isn't burnt. Their clothes don't even smell like smoke. And Nebuchadnezzar says, May the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be praised. He has sent his angel and saved his servants. They trusted him. They refused to obey my command. They were willing to give up their lives. They would rather die than serve or worship any god except their own god. No other god can save people that way. Is that awesome? That's how great our God is. And He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. 
the God who was God for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on that day, he is the God in this room today. And he hasn't changed. And whatever test you're going through, he won't let you go through alone. Whatever you're facing, he's willing to use that and rescue in a way of witness. He hasn't changed. He is still the greatest God. And what does he do in the end? This is amazing. By the end of the story, the king honored Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he gave them higher positions in the city of Babylon and the towns around it. What happens to the three guys? Not only are they rescued, but they get elevated. Do you see what predetermined faith does? See what predetermined faith does? Look, we're going to face tests. We know that. We know there's going to be challengers. We know there's going to be such easy roads to compromise. But predetermined faith, predetermined faith knows who God is. And we don't blend into the world. We don't become people of Babylon. We're the people of God. And we stand up. And we stand out. And we behave different. And we stand for Christ. And we understand whatever we face. Christ has already stood for us. He's already stood for us. And we'll never face it alone. And he can rescue us. And he can elevate us. Remember that pop quiz? Remember the pop quiz? You know, the folks in the room that sighed the most were the ones that were unprepared. Did you ever notice the kids who actually read the material beforehand? They could say things like, bring it on. Bring it on. So that's the difference. If we're predetermined in our faith, we can go out into the world fearless, fearless, and say, bring it on. Let's pray. Father, thanks. What an incredible witness Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego make. Lord, we just hope we could be even close to that in our faith, that we could be so fearless like that, that we could just say there is no other God like you, and no matter what, we're just going to trust you with our whole being. That, that no matter what the outcome, we know it's going to be according to your purpose, and you're going to do what's right in our life. And Lord, we just pray, get us in a predetermined place. Don't, don't let us wait. But get us in a predetermined place that we can just take that stand every day, not blend into the world and be like all the other Babylonians out there, but we can be your people. Father, we thank you for this word this morning, for the challenge it brings us, and we thank you that we have the precious, valuable opportunity to accomplish it in our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.